want to start off sharing with you one of my greatest privileges and honors is to share the gospel, share God's word, to talk about God. And uh, one of the times I was up here preaching, my son was sitting out there like he is now and like you are. And he goes, Mom, Dad's up there. Dad's all by himself. Dad's lonely. Dad needs me to be up there with him. So he and I have talked about being up in front of people sharing about Jesus. Earlier this year, he accepted Christ as his Lord and Savior. And so he's been talking about what Jesus does. We've been, had a lot of different conversations. And um, he des- I decided, oh, okay, we're going to give him a chance. And so on Tuesday night at Junior High Youth Group, I had him come up front and share. I didn't prep him. I didn't prepare him. I just wanted to see what he was going to share. And he shared that Jesus was born. That's why we celebrate Christmas. That Jesus lived perfect life. Jesus died. Jesus rose again. I was like, my son just said the gospel message to 50-some junior hires. Wow. That's my boy. I was amazed and proud of him. He said a lot of other things and talked for a while. And then he goes, I have one more important thing to share with you all. And I want you all to raise your arm like this. And so some of the kids raised their arms. And then he goes, put your other arm down like this. And everybody armpit fart with me. I was like, that's my boy. (laughs) It's awesome to share the gospel with you, to share God's word with you this morning. No matter what age we are, God wants to use us. No matter what, what age we are in our fellowship with God, He wants to use us to share the gospel with others. Often throughout my life, I've wondered several questions. Can God use me? Does He want to use me? What does it take for me to be usable to God? Does God care about what I do with my life? What does it take for a deeper fellowship with Him? So this morning I want to look into the life of Peter and his fellowship with God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And so as we look at Peter, I also want to challenge you as I was challenged this last three weeks preparing for this what is my fellowship with God with Jesus and with the Holy Spirit we got to start off with Peter was a ordinary fisherman before he met Jesus nothing too special about him that we are know about just an ordinary man that God chose to use number one God has a will and a plan for Peter's life and if Peter is willing, will listen and obey, God will show it. God has a will and a plan for your life, for my life. If, keyword, if we are willing to listen and obey, He will show us what that will is. He has a will and a plan for us. In Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for calamity, to give you a future and a hope. God knows what's going to take place. God knows what He intends to do with us. This verse here was talking about the Israelites. God's Word says in John, 1 John 4, 9-11, 
God's plan of love is right here. By this, the love of God was manifested in us, that God has sent His only begotten Son into the world so that we might live through Him. In this is love, not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought to love one another. We might have life through Jesus Christ. That we might have forgiveness and be restored in fellowship with God through His Son, Jesus Christ. God's got a plan and a will for each of our lives. Point two, Jesus meets Peter's every need. This is a key truth. Jesus meets our every need. He met Peter's, He will meet ours. If we trust Him and obey Him, with everything in our lives and everybody in our lives. Jesus changed Peter's life. He can change ours as well if we will let him. Peter was just an ordinary fisherman until one day his brother Andrew introduced Peter to Jesus. He met Jesus. He became a disciple of Jesus. He followed Jesus wherever he went. He got to see the miracles that Jesus performed. He got, Jesus, got to see Jesus feed thousands of people, give them the gospel, to preach the words of life. He got to witness and experience daily activity with Jesus. There were challenging situations that arose in Peter's life. And Peter allowed God to use the circumstances in his life to promote greater dependence on God. God wants us to see how He works through challenging situations to overpower the evil one and to bring victory to those who love God. Peter got to experience this. One of the major things that Jesus provides is A, salvation and forgiveness. Salvation and forgiveness. Not just things up here on this earth, but eternal separation from God for all eternity. God provides through Jesus salvation from our sins. In Matthew chapter 14, verse 25 through 32, I love this event that took place with Peter and Jesus. And in the fourth watch of the night, he, Jesus, came to them, the disciples, walking on the sea. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, It's a ghost! And they cried out in fear. But immediately, Jesus spoke to them, saying, Take courage, it is I. Do not be afraid. Peter said to him, Lord, if it is you, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. That seems pretty impossible. But here Peter is telling Jesus, if it is you, command me to come out to you. What seems impossible to mankind, Peter was asking Jesus to have him do that. And here, in verse 29, and he, Jesus, said, come. And Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came towards Jesus. Got out of the boat and walked towards Jesus. The 11 other disciples stayed in the boat. Jesus got, Peter got out and walked towards Jesus. There's more to it, and we'll come back to that. 
But seeing the wind, he became frightened, and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me! Immediately, Jesus stretched out his hand and took hold of him and said to him, You of little faith, why do you doubt? When they got into the boat, the wind stopped. Point out a few things really quick right here. Peter was walking towards Jesus. His focus was on Jesus. And all of a sudden, he noticed the winds and lost focus. I don't know about you, but me, oftentimes with my walk with God, I may be focused on Him for a little bit and then something distracts me. My daughter Jazzy's five years old, um, going to be five, and she, she has um, eye problems. And this last year, it was really challenging in the aspect of what was going to go on with her eyes. She'd cross her eyes. She'd walk in the walls. Um, my wife and I took her to the doctors. She got glasses, and things just didn't get better. And through it all, um, my wife's telling me what happened because I wasn't able to go to one appointment, and all I heard was my daughter's going blind. As a father, it hit me. I, I couldn't do anything about what was taking place for my child. I didn't like that experience, but what I learned from that experience, that I love from that experience, is God worked on me and said, she's mine if you will give her to me. The things that could or, or will or won't happen, if you choose to trust me, I've got it, Jeff. That's what God said through his word to me. And I'm going to take, I took him out of his word, and I'm going to take him out of his word as I raise my children for him. My daughter had surgery. She did a great job. She still has glasses. Everything's fine. It's not getting worse. It's amazing what God has done. But that was something in my life that was like, where's my focus? So real, anytime we're distracted, realign our focus to Christ. I also want to point out when Peter is walking on water, he begins to sink. Jesus immediately doesn't let him die. He pulls them out and says, come on. And it doesn't say whether they walked back or Jesus carried him back. But the point of that, I think, is he went back to the boat with Jesus. Jesus didn't abandon him. Oh, I love the fact that Peter was willing to get out of the boat to do what seems impossible to mankind and to do what is possible for God. I want to ask you, as I've asked myself, are you, am I willing to allow God to command my life, your life, and will, and will we obey? Will I? Will you? That's important. Peter walked on water by Jesus' power. He acted on his faith that Jesus could command him to do the impossible thing and make it become possible. That's how powerful our God is. Luke 24, 46 through 49. And he said to them, Thus it is written that the, son, that the Christ would suffer and rise again from the dead the third day, and that repentance for forgiveness of sin will be proclaimed in his name to all the nations. Beginning from Jerusalem, you are my witnesses of these things. And behold, I am sending forth the promise of my Father upon you. But you are to stay in the city until you are clothed with the power from on high. What seems impossible to man, that God would love us so much that he would give his Son for us, 
and that his son would live, die, and rise again for our sins. That we might have forgiveness through Jesus' act by accepting that for ourselves. That we would have repentance. That we would have life. That we would have the ability to have fellowship with God the Father who created us with a purpose of us knowing Him. True repentance is to know that you are wrong and in need of forgiveness and to ask for forgiveness and then to allow your life to be changed by that forgiveness. It's amazing what takes place when God works in our life. We know that Jesus provides our every need and that is salvation and forgiveness. And then B, He provides a personal, personal purpose in life. Jesus provides a personal purpose in our life. We know this is true with the example from Peter in, first, in John chapter 1, verse 40 through 42. One of the two who heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He found first his own brother Simon and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which translate, translated means Christ. He brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, You are, the, you are Simon, the son of John. You shall be called Cyprus, which is translated Peter. Jesus knew that Simon was Simon, and he changed his name to Peter. But he also knew, I know you're the son of John. I know who you are, Jesus says to Peter. And I care about you, and I want us to have our own personal fellowship and relationship. You know, Peter messed up big time throughout his life. But Jesus still loves them and always said, I still love you. God still loves us even when we fail. God will restore us if we repent and turn to him again. And Peter, he said to Jesus, I will never deny you. I will go to the cross and die when you die. I will go through all that with you. And Jesus said, no, you will deny me three times before the rooster crows. And he did. After Jesus died and rose again, he had a conversation with Peter. I want to read that. John chapter 21, verse 15 through 17. And so when they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, um, he said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, Tend my lambs. He said to him again a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And he said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, Shepherd my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, Do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, said to him, Tend my sheep. 
Jesus is giving him the personal responsibility of what Peter is to do, and that is to share what he's witnessed with others, and that is to share the gospel with anyone who would hear and listen and respond. Peter got to spend that time with Jesus, and then Jesus reminded him, you did not go through all this just to keep it to yourself. You went through all this so that you might share with others. If I was Peter, you know that uh, his denial of Jesus is mentioned in all four Gospels. I would have changed one of those sooner than minimize it down to one Gospel saying that. Tell the writer, say, hey, wait, wait, don't put that in there. But recognize that God restored him through his grace and forgiveness through Jesus Christ. Let's go back to the beginning of Peter's life. Matthew chapter 4, verse 18 through 20. Now as Jesus was walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea. For they were fishermen. And he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. I will make you fishers of men. I give you a sense of purpose, and that is to go out and catch as many souls for me as possible so that people for all eternity can have their lives changed and no longer just fishing to fulfill the needs of your daily needs. A more detailed of that event that took place is found in Luke chapter 5, verse 1 through 11. Now it happened that while the crowd was pressing around him and listening to the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Genesaret, and he saw two boats lying at the edge of edge of the lake but the fishermen had gotten out of them and were washing their nets and he got into one of the boats which was Simon's and asked him to put out a little way from the land and he sat down and began teaching the people from the boat when he had finished speaking he said to Simon put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch listen to this Simon answered and said master we have worked hard all night and caught nothing but I will do key part but I will do as you say and let down the nets. When they had done this, they enclosed a great quantity of fish and their nets began to break. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat for them to come and help them. And they came and filled both of the boats so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw that, he fell down at Jesus' feet saying, Go away from me, Lord. For I am a sinful man. Peter recognized who he was. For amazement had seized him and all his companions because of the catch of the fish which they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not fear, for now on you will be catching men. When they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. They gave up all that they knew, and that was fishing. They gave up all that they owned and followed Jesus Christ. Now after Christ lived and died and rose again, when he rose again, he was on earth for about 40 days, appearing to various different people. And during that time, Peter and several of the disciples decided to go back fishing. They kind of, what do we do? What do where, where do we go from here? It's what the, um, in John chapter 21, verse 3 through 11. 
Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. They said to him, We will also come with you. And they went out and got into the boat. And that night they caught nothing. But when the day was now breaking, Jesus stood on the beach. Yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. So Jesus said to them, Children, you do not have any fish, do you? They answered him, No. He said to them, Cast the net on the right-hand side of the boat, and you will find a catch. So they cast, and then they were, able, were not able to haul it in because of the great number of fish. Therefore, the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. So when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment, for he was stripped for work, and he threw himself into the sea. Jesus is on the land. I'm in this boat. I want to be with Jesus. Throws himself in the sea and gets to be with Jesus. But the other disciples came in the little boat, for they were not far from the land, but about 100 yards away, dragging the net full of fish. So when they got out on the land, they saw the charcoal fire already laden and fish placed on it, on it and bread. Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish which you have now caught. And Simon Peter went up and drew the net to the land full of large fish, 153. And although there were so many, the net was not yet, was not torn. Peter sought Jesus out. Saw, heard it was Jesus, saw it was Jesus, went to him to have intimate time with just him. He could not be held back. The fish could not distract him this time. And he, he got to be with Jesus. It's amazing that as we grow in our fellowship with Jesus, our longing, our increasing desire for him and his presence is something we are to seek daily and momently. And I want to look again um, into if we accept Christ as our Lord and Savior. We enter into a covenant love relationship with Him. Which means this. Being in a covenant love relationship with God means that you will love and serve Him, praising Him for calling you out of the darkness of sin and into the light of His transforming love. He's the one who changes us. Point three. By the Holy Spirit, Peter's life is used by God to influence others for God's glory. By the Holy Spirit, God can use our lives to influence others for His and His alone glory. Acts chapter 10, verse 34 for 44. It's what Peter got to say to thousands of people. Opening his mouth, Peter said, I most certainly understand now that God is not one to show partiality, but in every nation, the man who fears him and does what is right is welcome to him. The word which he sent to the sons of Israel, preaching peace for Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. You yourselves know the things which took place throughout all Judea, starting from Galilee, after the baptism which John proclaimed. You know of Jesus of Nazareth, how God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power, and how you went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, 
for God was with him. We are witnesses of all the things he did, both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They, are also, they also put him to death by hanging him on a cross. God raised him up on the third day and granted that he become visible, not to all the people, but to witness who were chosen beforehand by God, that is, to us who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He ordered us to preach to the people and solemnly to testify that this is the one who has been appointed by God as judge of the living and the dead. Of him all the prophets bear witness that through his name everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sin. And while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who were listening to the message. Wow. And then by the help of the Holy Spirit, Peter was able to stand before the very men who crucified Jesus and say this to them, found in Acts chapter 5, verse 29 through 32. But Peter and the apostles answered, We must obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom you put to death by hanging him on a cross. He is the one who God exalted to his right hand as a prince and as a savior to grant repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sin. We are witnesses of these things, and so is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. Peter and the apostles didn't. They acknowledge, you murdered him, you crucified him, you killed the Messiah. But guess what? The repentance of sin, the forgiveness of sin, everything Jesus can forgive you of. They said, you did this? Yes, that's a fact. But they also gave them the hope of the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ, that he came for them as well. Peter listened and obeyed the Holy Spirit. And he was used by God to share the gospel with others in great and profound ways. I want to say, Peter recognized his need for forgiveness. We are to recognize our need for forgiveness. Recognize that we are in sin and that we need a Savior. Peter accepted the gift, the free gift of Jesus Christ. We are to do the same to accept the free gift of Jesus Christ. Peter asked God to command him. And we are to ask God to command our lives as well. Peter committed his life to Jesus Christ and followed him. We are to commit our lives to Jesus Christ and follow him. Peter shared and witnessed. He shared what he witnessed to others. He shared the gospel about what God has done and does and will always do and we are to share with others as well point four we are called to live a life of fellowship with god through the resurrection of jesus christ and by the help of the holy spirit we are called to live a life for god and great fellowship and through the resurrection of jesus christ and by the help of the holy spirit how can we attain this how can we do this many things but i think it comes down to the couple one would be a life of prayer we need to seek out jesus we need to seek out god we need to give him our time we need to spend time with him i don't know about you but it, to want to spend time with him to ask god for that to seek him 
to trust and put our faith in Him. Action must take place. We have to get out of the boat and do what seems impossible. Three, we've got to meditate on the Word of God. We've got to read it. We've got to apply it. We've got to memorize it. We've got to see what He has done, what He says He will do, and what He will always do, and what He has promised, and apply it to our lives. Four, we are to obey God. He says do, we do. He says don't, don't do that. Don't do what He says is wrong. Do what God says is right in God alone. Obey God. Five, dependence upon the Holy Spirit. We are to depend on the Holy Spirit to help us to do what is right. We are to depend on the Holy Spirit to give us the words of courage, to give us the ability to speak when we want to remain silent. And the sixth, giving to God and giving to others. You cannot outgive God. God's given you everything that you have. Give it back to Him because it's His and He's entrusted you with it. And then seven, forgive other people and forgive yourself. God has forgiven you. We are to forgive others as He's forgiven us. And that applies to also forgiving ourselves. If Peter hung on to what he did wrong, he would have lost a deeper fellowship with God. Instead, he gave it up to him and said, I accept your forgiveness. So forgive as God has done for you. God has a plan and a will for our lives. If we're willing to listen and obey, He will show us them. Jesus meets our every need. If we're willing to give Him everything and everyone in our lives and to trust Him fully and completely, we're a work in progress. By the Holy Spirit, God will use us if we do what is commanded of us. And never forget that God still loves us and still loves us and wants us to share that love with others. I want to read again 1 John 4, 9-11. through 11. By this the love of God was manifested in us, that God has sent His only begotten Son into the world so that we might live through Him. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the pro- propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought to love one another. Let's pray. Father in heaven, you are mighty to save. You are holy in all that you do. We ask that you help us to listen and to obey what you have commanded of us. Thank you for your love and your forgiveness. Help us to honor you in all that we do. We hold on to the promises of your word. Thank you for the faithfulness, your faithfulness, and thank you that you desire to use us for your glory. We ask that your will be done here on earth as in heaven. We ask in Jesus' name. All God's children said, Amen.